Hello, Devlin Bishop here with you, and welcome to another podcast that we call Mondo Nostalgia. From the page, YouTube channel, Facebook page, whatever you want of the same name. And this is our weekly podcast show where we like to talk about old things or stuff that we enjoy from the past. And what I love about nostalgia is it's always something that you can uh, discover. You, you can always go back, you know, like I see a lot of young people that are collecting albums and they're not necessarily collecting albums of new artists. They're going back and, you know, checking out the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin or whatever. But it's nice that it can still be rediscovered. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about a show that I have just discovered in the last maybe six or seven months. And it's been around... It's older than me, and it's a show that's always been on my radar, but I've just sunk my teeth into it. I'm about halfway through it, and I can't wait to gush about it. And you'll probably get a second podcast about it when I'm finished the whole series. Maybe I'll uh, invite my cohorts that have been watching it with me as well. The show is Lost in Space, a series that ran on CBS from 1965 till 1968. It had three seasons, and this show fascinates me in a lot of ways. I love a lot of old TV shows, but this show just never really caught my eye until about maybe three or four years ago. And I kept asking my partner, Michael, if he thought that I would enjoy Lost in Space. And he said, I don't know, it, it's campy. It's, it's you know, it's got a lot of fun stuff. It's over the top. You probably would. Maybe you should, uh, you know, see if you can download a few shows and check it out. Um, so, you know, I didn't. I didn't. I, I decided I'd wait. And one day I got an opportunity and I saw the complete series for a really good price. And I decided to pick it up. And, you know, my partner always, you know, he's very supportive of me, but he shakes his head because of the fact that it's like, you know, I just won't jump in. Like he always is the rational one. He's the one that says, you know, download a few episodes, you know, see if you can, you know, stream some episodes or something but no I have to jump in with the whole series and most of the times I do pretty good okay I do know that so anyhow we started checking out Lost in Space and uh, Mike watches it with me and Corda who you know is you know uh, as much of as Mondo Nostalgia as I am she does so much great work for the show editing and putting things together and uh, we have become big fans of this show and we're only about halfway through as i said there were three seasons uh 83 episodes before i get into my gushing love of lost in space let me give you a short history about this show uh it was bought in by cbs in 1965 it's loosely based on the old swiss family robinson story uh the famous book and there was also a series of gold key comics titled Space Family Robinson, which was just exactly what Lost in Space is, a twist on Swiss Family Robinson. Basically, a family gets lost on an island, but 
in this case, they get lost in space. Really, the title says it all. Uh, it's an Irwin Al Allen produced show. Now, the reason why the series interested me is not only because of the camp factor, but I'm a big fan of Irwin Allen. He made a lot of the big disaster films of the 70s that I love, like The Towering Inferno, Poseidon Adventure, Earthquake. I think he did all of those. Anyhow, he became a big thing in the 70s. But in the 60s, he was about TV. He already had a, um, a successful show with, oh, it was an underwater show, Journey to the, I can't remember what it was called. Anyhow. He had a successful show. That's all I can remember. And Lost in Space was his follow-up to it. And quite frankly, I absolutely love Lost in Space. Uh, the show was actually the show that CBS picked over Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek came out a year later. They had a choice between Lost in Space and Star Trek, and CBS put their money on Lost in Space. And in some ways, they probably did the right thing at the very beginning. Of course, Star Trek became a whole other entity. But if you go by race by race, Lost in Space was actually looked like the more successful show until something happened. Basically what happened is they put together a pilot episode and it was just, they really liked it. So they filled the cast with some really amazing people that had already had success in other ways, at least the three leads. Uh, Guy Williams uh, was already part of the series Zorro. June Lockhart, of course, was Lassie's mom. Well, not his mom. You know what I mean, his owner. And Mark Goddard played in a successful series called um, The Detectives. They filled the cast out with the kids, which was Martha Christian and Bill Mummy and Angela Cartwright, who had some success in the movie The Sound of Music. And, of course, we can't forget two very important people in the cast. Uh, special guest star Jonathan Harris, who plays Dr. Zachary Smith, who was actually only supposed to be on the series for a couple of episodes and wound up stealing the show. And, of course, the character simply known as Robot. I always still feel sorry that they never really name him. Um, they did try to name him when it became an animated feature um, that didn't exactly work out. I think he went by the name Rob Robon or something like that, but that just seemed... You might as well just call him Robot at that point. And, of course, Robot was voiced by Dick Tuffeld. And... He has an amazing voice, and you probably, even people who don't know the show, always usually remember him like, Danger Will Robinson, danger! You know, just, uh, or does not compute. I'm doing the voice horribly. I'm doing it more computerized than him. But the character was just kind of like a, an object. But around season two, the character actually became quite profound and had its own personality. And he's actually one of my favorite characters. So anyhow, they put together this terrific cast and a really big budget, and the show was a success. Now, it wasn't hugely successful, but it ran three years, exactly the same amount as Star Trek. It actually has more episodes than Star Trek. 
it actually had higher ratings than Star Trek. So by all means, Lost in Space in the 60s was actually a bigger show than Star Trek. In fact, when I watched this, I kept thinking Lost in Space might have borrowed stuff from Star Trek. But then I found out that Star Trek came a year later because they weren't greenlit. So I was like pretty impressed that Lost in Space actually uh, did so well. The first season was in black and white and produced 29 episodes. And by season two, they decided to go to color and they started getting more campy. In the first season, they get lost in space, but it's actually more lost on planet because in season one, they spend a lot of time on the same planet. Season two, they decided to change it up a bit and... And they added, um, it was more like a Monster of the Week kind of show. It's a great show that always ends very much like Batman with the, see you next time, what will happen next week? And like one of those cliffhangers, there's always a cliffhanger on it. And in season three, apparently, they just fly around everywhere and get into things. So the show really will change. I, I get excited. I haven't seen season three yet. I'm still in the middle of season two. But I just needed to talk about this show because I enjoy it so much. Where Star Trek started to gain prosperity was in syndication. Um, even though Lost in Space had more episodes and stuff, the 29 episodes in black and white Said, seemed to hurt it because when it went in syndication kids with colored TVs weren't really interested in black and white shows and sadly Star Trek not only that but Star Trek dealt with space more seriously I know you some people look at the original and say it's still campy but it was still had a little bit more serious than Lost in Space if you've never seen Lost in Space They've got camp way over that. And a lot of that had to do with um, maybe Lost in Space might have lasted longer if they borrowed stuff from Star Trek than I originally thought. But they actually were put up against Batman, and so the producers wanted the show to be more like Batman. Very flamboyant acting, over-the-top acting. Uh, the colors were just bright and sunny. And so Batman was one of the reasons why it changed. Before I get into my gushing of this show, I do have to say that it also has a good pedigree for the music. Uh, the theme songs and a lot of the music created for it was by a guy credited as Johnny Williams. And yes, that is the John Williams who went on to give us some of the most beloved themes in movies. Jaws, Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, like E.T., just an immense amount of stuff. And this is one of his earlier credits. And many times when I'm listening, I can actually hear things. Like, I swear, I, I was watching and I, I could hear a little Jaws coming in. Not exactly, but just enough to say, oh, I see where you're going with this. Anyhow, so this show had a great pedigree, and it was a very popular show in the 60s. Kids and families enjoyed this show, and it's rumored that John F. Kennedy Jr., when he was a little boy in the White House, would love watching this show. 
I didn't know what to expect going in. I knew there was camp, but I didn't know how much camp there would be. And a lot of that camp comes from Jonathan Harris and his portrayal of Dr. Zachary Smith. The producers didn't think Dr. Smith would be a villain for long. They thought the character would be eliminated after a couple of shows. But when they saw how much people liked Dr. Smith, even though he is such a pain in the ass, and Jonathan Harris fell in love with the character so much, rumored to have actually rewrote a whole bunch of lines and stuff to the point that, uh, you know, he would just like be up at night coming up with lines that he could say, especially putting down the robot, because the robot and him have this love-hate relationship. And what I love about it is that, as I said in the first season, the robot is just basically, you know, just like an object. He responds and stuff. But by the second season, the robot actually, you know, gets some singers back in there. He gets a personality and he, he starts bonding with Will and he starts having this love-hate relationship with uh, Dr. Smith. Fans must have enjoyed it because producers decided to keep Dr. Smith on. Uh, it's really, you know, I used to watch Gilligan's Island, and I was always endeared by the show. But I know a lot of people who are always pissed off at how Gilligan would screw up their chances to leave the island. And they usually were accidental. But Dr. Smith, he has caused them so much trouble, and even, like, put their children in harm's way, to the point that it's almost a little too much. Like, it is almost a little too much that, and I could see if that's, if you can't, because there are times I find myself yelling at the screen. You know, there are times when he has put the kids in jeopardy and the whole crew and the ship and everything. And yet the next episode, they're sending their young boy Will off with, you know, Zachary Smith. And, you know, without any, you know, oh, well, that didn't happen last week or anything like that. I really enjoy the cast. Right now, as I said, we've only seen the first half. So Guy Williams is a really strong uh, head of the family. You know, he does a really great job in his role. And, uh, yeah, he plays John Robinson. And he is exactly what you'd want. He's just like a good 60s father that you'd expect. Uh, I like June Lockhart. Um, I don't know, I always feel she's a little older, like she almost comes off a little older than the husband. I don't think she is, but she does come off as older, but I think it's just because, you know, women looked a little bit older back then, but when they went to color, she looked even older, but I do like her. She's very sweet and everything. My f personal favorite character, as a gay man, I have to say, I have a total crush on... Uh, Major Don West, who's played by Mark Goddard, and I really like him. I don't really know anything that he's been in, but I do know that he has been around for a bit. He's been acting still since then. And, uh, yeah, I got a big crush on him. As much as I like Dr. Zachary Smith, because he became the main focus 
him, Will, and the robot became the main focuses in season two, Don kind of gets pushed to the side. Even when there's episodes that it looks like Don should be the lead, usually it's the father that steps in and gets the role. But you do what you do. Uh, Judy Robinson, played by Marta Kristen, she's she's really good. She doesn't do really much. I think she's had one main episode, and there was issues with it. Uh, Penny, we always make fun of a little bit because she's sweet. Don't get me wrong. The actress is really wonderful, and but Penny doesn't come off as the brightest. Uh, and when you talk about a family that had to pass a task to go into space because this family basically was, you know, helping to set up a colony in their spaceship, the Jupiter Two. I believe all the characters would have passed the test, but Penny. Not sure about. And Bill Mummy is Will Robinson. Um, child actors can be hit and miss, but he's actually really good. You can uh, feel he's this smart. I see a sense of like, like a younger version of Wesley Crusher. And I wonder if almost Wesley Crusher was like a, you know, a more serious version of Will Robinson. And of course, Dr. Zachary Smith, who steals the show even when he irritates me his lines are so damn funny it's like he's in some camp show that's just incredible and the robot is absolutely awesome as well and as i said i love that they gave the robot some characters and stuff now i'm enjoying the journey we're on and as i said i might do a follow-up when i finish the series because up to this point the only thing i knew about the show is I did see the 1998 movie version uh, with William Hurt and Mimi Rogers and uh, Matt LeBlanc and uh, Gary Oldman. And, and I really liked that. But that movie was almost played serious too. And they tried to make it serious, even though there was one character that really stood out, a character named Debbie. Um, and Debbie really through me when I saw the original movie because the character was so CGI it was really off-putting and I can tell you that Debbie was less off-putting in the TV show because Debbie Debbie is just a chimpanzee with like bunny ears on it and it's funny because the character is a pet of theirs <clears throat> it's discovered while they're on the first planet but Debbie doesn't show up too often, and you almost forget that Debbie is around. And it's kind of odd, because suddenly you'll just see Debbie running around and going, Oh yes, there's this monkey alien rabbit creature running around. So, the things I love about Lost in Space is it has a real sense of adventure. Uh, I love that it's kind of old school cowboys, you know, John Robinson and... Don West are kind of like the sheriff and the deputy. They have a great rapport. And having the family aspect is another great part of it. You know, just taking something like Swiss Family Robinson and turning it into space was just such a simple and great idea. I think there's a lot of great chemistry with it. As I said, even though Zachary Smith drives me crazy, Jonathan Harris's performance is absolutely incredible. I can see why he's so beloved. And the robot is kind of iconic. When I was a kid, I actually thought this robot was the same robot in Forbidden Planet. But, you know, I was just young and naive there. Since then, I've seen that they look 
somewhat similar, but also incredibly different. I actually love the design of both robots, and I don't know if he actually designed um, the one for Forbidden Planet, because they do have a similarity, but I don't know. I will have to look that up at one time, just to see. But uh, that's the stuff I love. I love the music. I love the way they pace the shows. Uh, the shows are absolutely bug nuts. And especially going into season two when they wanted more camp to compete with Batman. Some of the stories are just crazy. Like they meet up with gladiators, space circuses. Uh, they meet up with family members. Like... I. You know, it almost takes like Gilligan's Island turn where there's doubles on the thing. And I love the whole setup at the end where it's like, tune in next time, you know. Because I've always liked that with Batman. And, you know, I always thought it was a nice thing because I'm a big fan of the old, you know, 30s and 40s movie serials. So it's really nice that they have that. Sorry, taking a drink. And basically, you know, I like that it becomes like every week they come up with a different guest star and find creative ways. I even sort of like that basically a lot of the stuff is from old Irwin Allen shows uh, that they basically just decided to, you know, reconstruct and reform. Um the, the show I wanted to mention before is Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Uh, that was the show he did before. And he also, um, yeah, and they use sets from that too, which makes me laugh because I was watching it the other day thinking what some things that I like is that sometimes it looks like they just went into uh, 20th Century Fox's, uh, I believe that's who does it, went into their thing, and if they see, like, hey, look, there's a gypsy outfit, or, hey, there's a, a samurai sword, it's like, we'll find a way to use it. And apparently a lot of the old sea creatures that they use just got a new coat of paint, and they used it. So I like the creativity of that, even though sometimes it's a bit much. Sometimes you see the same costumes in the background of stuff they destroyed and then they use it in the background You're like is that destroyed and as i said i zachary smith played by jonathan harris is just phenomenal uh even though he does get on my nerves sometimes like being a father and knowing all the way he's sabotaged ways of us getting out or even putting my kids or family in harm's way i would have shot him long ago um things i don't like about the show and there is very minimal uh, i actually like when it went to color because when you saw it black and white it was quite nice but you always wondered like there would be heat waves going on and these people would be in what looked like velour outfits and turtlenecks and and you know just stuff you wouldn't be wearing and then when they went to color, the colors just got so over the top. Like, they're so garish and a vest over top of sweater. And, and it just, like, it looks like the worst ideas for space outfits you could possibly see. Which I think in season one, they looked a little more practical. Now they kind of look like futuristic Partridge family outfits. Which is funny, because the Partridge family did go to space. But that's another uh, podcast. 
Uh, a big thing that I have problems with is sometimes their storytelling is weird. Um, like, it has twists and turns that I'd like to say sound like they'd be creative, but it sounds like they just wrote them on the spot. Like, we don't know how to get out of this, so let's come up with something. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it does not work. Another big thing is that they have storylines that just kind of don't have any resolve. Like, they'll resolve the actual story, but then they won't tell you what... Example, in season one, uh, the character Judy is cloned. And there's two Judys running around on this planet. They solve the situation, but they don't tell you what happened to the clone of Judy. As far as we know, Judy's still walking around on that planet. And there's another episode in season two where uh, Dr. Smith meets a cousin that's coming for him. Again, they solve the initial problem, but they never tell you how the cousin leaves the planet. They're still stuck on that planet, so why wouldn't the cousin have taken him away? So they just go and get ready for the next episode without us knowing anything. They don't even mention it in the dialogue. They had a dog in an episode, and they decided to keep the dog. We never see the dog again. I just have problems with that kind of storytelling. And I'm not the kind that obsesses over small details, but I think it doesn't hurt to say we destroyed the clone of Judy, or the dog ran away, or, or you know, just one line could solve that whole problem. But nope, they don't do it. That being said, there's more that I love about this show, and if you've never seen it, I definitely recommend it. Now, I have seen the first episode of the new series. Um, my partner Mike has watched the whole thing, and he actually really liked it. He understands why some people might not love it quite as much. It does have a lot of stuff from the original show, but they play it totally serious. But he was surprised just how much they use of it. But he said there's a lot of environment building and character building, and sometimes that doesn't translate for some fans. I saw the first episode, and I was actually impressed by it. I thought it was pretty good, but I kind of didn't want to watch anymore due to the fact that I'm still enjoying this. And we try not to binge it. We just try to watch it an episode a week, kind of like how it originally aired. And then we get a chance to like just sit and have fun with it now if you're an old fan of this and haven't watched it in a while it might be a hard one of those shows for me i'm okay to go down nostalgic you know memory lanes i have no problem with that but i know some people say that you know i can't go back to it it's just so campy and stuff and that's fine that's fair but if you're looking for something that's a little out there and something that you know hey the original Star Trek had some camp, too. Maybe not to the same order, but it certainly falls into that. But if you're a fan of stuff like Thunderbirds or, you know, just kind of weird little shows, I highly recommend you checking out Lost in Space. It's been a lot of fun, and I love it because it's something old that I'm just rediscovering. And so it's like me getting new episodes of a new show. Um and it is so just incredible. I also plan to watch the movie from 1998. I remember I liked it a lot, but I think I might actually have a new respect for it now that I have watched 
a good chunk of the series. But as I said, maybe we'll get Mike and Corda here to talk about it when we finish the series and talk about our favorite bits, just crazy parts. Um, I've kind of does that a little bit today. And I hope that if you were a fan or are still a fan of Lost in Space, I've kind of made you remember just what a wonderful show it was. I was a little boy when this came out. In fact, no, I was born the year this show got canceled. So I would have seen it in syndication, but I could have seen as a little boy how I may have enjoyed it. I think because it was an hour long, it might not have kept my attention. Batman had that tight half hour in syndication. Uh, but I think it might have lost me a bit, but I'm glad that I'm in my 50s and I can go back and get lost in space and see it for what it is, just a fun, campy, adventurous show that I am so glad I discovered and glad I paid the money for the complete series. Okay, that doesn't always work out. I've bought a lot of series that I've given up on after a while, but Lost in Space is not one of it. It is in an honored place on my movie shelf. Anyhow, that's our podcast for today. I love talking about this. I love talking about it with as somebody with what looking at it with new eyes rather than just going down memory lane and talking about this old show I did, which you will get a lot of on this show. So that's my look at Lost in Space. Don't forget to subscribe and comment. Let me know what you like about Lost in Space. Were you a big fan of Dr. Zachary Smith or the robot? Or did you crush on Major Don West like I did? Or did you have another reason you liked the show? Let me know your favorite episodes and what was it about Lost in Space that made you watch week after week? Thank you for listening. I hope I stirred up your memories. And in some ways, I hope I stirred you interest to go find a streaming site or go pick up this show yourself and check it out. Anyhow, I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.